welcome to the 28th episode of the T21 Mom Podcast. My name's Mary and I'm your host. Each episode we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley and she's seven years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. And today, just like all the other weeks, my friend Ron joins me. Hey Mary, how's it going? I'm doing awesome. So today we're going into the intriguing world again of mosaic Down syndrome. Yes, I think it's quite fascinating and it's one of the three types of Down syndrome that we've talked about. And the guest we have on, Christy, she's got quite an amazing story and it's yeah like it's kind of almost mind-boggling as well like what she went through and how she discovered that her son carver has mosaic down syndrome and all the ramifications that came with a late diagnosis okay let's go talk to christy okay today on the t21 mom podcast we are going to talk about mosaic down syndrome and i've invited christy fuller another rockin' mom to come and share her story as it is quite the story to tell. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for having me, Mary. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm really excited to have you on today for you to share your story because it's, it's quite intriguing. And uh, and I'm sure, like, because we've talked previously about translocation and obviously just non-disjunction, which is what which is what Ainsley has the you know the typical form of down syndrome but mm -hmm. um so I think people will find it quite interesting so why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your family okay um so I'm 34 I track my birthday based on how old my son is um <laughs> and that's my son that has mosaic down syndrome because mm -hmm. I had him a few days after I turned 30 so it makes <laughs> math easier for me now moving forward um so I live in Prince George which is in northern BC I've lived in northern BC most of my life um my I'm a massage therapist so I'm one of those few people that loves their job and people love me at my yeah. job <laughs> and uh, my husband's a helicopter engineer he works away a lot so he's gone about 70 percent of the time and then home the rest mm -hmm. um he's worked sort of in Chile he does fires and things like that all over the place and yeah we live rurally as well and we have a, a dog and we just had a baby uh a year ago she's a tiny little stick of dynamite <laughs> and um yeah so Carver got to be a big brother and that's sort of our family just a nice little unit of four yeah wonderful so as we're talking about mosaic down syndrome today but would you like to share a little bit about your pregnancy journey sure um so my pregnancy journey um is an infertility journey mm -hmm. um i ran i i like to plan things so <laughs> i wanted to have <laughs> life insurance and disability insurance before we got married and i got denied um, I hadn't had um, a procedure done years and years ago that was no longer relevant. And I went to see the OB to just sign it off and say, this isn't relevant. And he's like, mm, I want to do an ultrasound because what I feel doesn't feel great. So I had an ultrasound, found out I had a, a tubal issue. Um, so unfortunately, unfortunately, I didn't go through that hope grief every month of, okay. you know, praying for a pregnancy that didn't come. Um, but I was told I needed to have my tubes removed when I was 28 wow. and um, that I would need to do IVF if I wanted to have children. So we 
fell down that little bit of a rabbit hole, but we were incredibly successful. We got 13 embryos, our first kick at the can. Wow. Carver is our is a fresh transfer. So that might be strange terminology to people that haven't done IVF, but <laughs> that basically means we went, we we got them, we put in a fresh one, we got five-day blastocytes, all five of them went the five days. Um, we transferred him. His sister was, a fre- was a, our first frozen cycle and a successful cycle as well. So that was sort of my pregnancy journey with both of them. We got, I mean, infertility, is difficult in its mm-hmm. own ways mm-hmm. um but i mean if you could pray for a type of infertility it's structural infertility in your 20s yeah so, yeah we had a really nice easy breezy time with our ivf journey that i wish more people had yeah I, i've i did ivf with ainsley and it it's not for mm-hmm. the faint of hearted and it's hard it's it's tough you know i get like a lot of tears for me when i was doing it, it was really challenging but it all was it came to fruition at the end and i got my girl so exactly. did you like did you have an easy pregnancy or how was your pregnancy uh, I had an enviable pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> my friends hated me um I actually Carver's part of um, a prenatal group there's nine of us and we have all stayed in touch we do crazy amounts of birthdays for mm-hmm. a six-week period <laughs> going on between he's born on January 8th he shares a birthday with Elvis wow and um so between January and February we go to a lot of birthdays now and they've been our support system so um they were all complaining about stuff and I was like man I could Mari wasn't around at the time but I could Mari through my whole pregnancy like <laughs> I had so much energy I felt amazing mm-hmm. I was in great physical health and you know he moved in the cutest little ways and you know I was obnoxiously cute looking when I was pregnant I loved it yeah that's exactly <laughs> the same yeah. as me yeah exactly oh I, it was great the second time around was a different story but with him it was a it was a <laughs> wonderful experience I loved it oh that's wonderful yeah I can say <laughs> yeah. I can vouch the same when I was pregnant yeah. with Ainsley so Carver has mosaic down syndrome and we'll talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about that in a bit but what exactly is mosaic down syndrome So the way I usually describe it to people is mosaic down syndrome is like a mosaic painting. So a mosaic painting is sort of like there's different pieces of color kind of here and there all over the place. So Mm -hmm. there'd be, it's not consistent. They're just sort of all over. Um, And down syndrome is obviously three copies of the 21st chromosome. So with Carver, he had kind of like a a sprinkling of glitter of those extra three (laughs) copies. Um, And the other ones are two, just like any other typical person would have. So it's sort of this genetic Yahtzee that takes place kind of over and over and over again with a person with mosaic down syndrome. Um, The, they never really know how it's going to express or what mm-hmm. the concentrations are going to be in any sort of organ system or tissue system or anything like that. Um, so for for Carver, um, we have only tested his blood and it was 15%, but it, that was in that sample and it can change if we were to do another sample. Oh, I see. Okay. I was wondering mm-hmm. about that. So yeah. Like I know, as you said, it can present in different ways. So do you know where it presents? Does that make sense? Or do you care to know? So the only way you would ever know is if you were to do a sample. So if you wanted to do... a sample of kidneys, they okay. would not just sample one specific site of the kidney, um, but they could sample many other ones. And that I've been told would, would just be to satisfy a curious mind. It really yeah. wouldn't provide you with any sort of 
information other mm. than a genetic saturation because sometimes it doesn't really matter yeah um, if they have a high concentration or not yeah that's what I thought too that it doesn't really matter where it is like it's just but it's important I guess to just know that you have that so that you that you have some extra copies I guess because then you can do early intervention and and things like that so yeah they basically told me nowadays is a prime example especially if you live in Vancouver you know they said we can't tell you based on his concentration if he's going to live at home for forever but I can't tell your neighbor if their kid's going to live at home forever and be able to mm -hmm. afford a house down the road or not like exactly you, there's so many things you just don't know until that time comes you don't know what kind of jobs they're going to have if they're going to be good at math nobody can tell you that yeah. when they see a three-month-old nobody yeah um they they don't know if they'll have a music acuity or dance with two left feet so they they when we saw the geneticist she was a beautiful human and she just said it really tells us nothing you know you just with any other child you just do your best and you take them for where they are and you follow their trajectory of mastery and whatever the skill set is and he will require more patience oh that I'm glad you had a good experience with the geneticist because mine weren't yes. that awesome so so yeah. you had a super easy pregnancy and Carter sorry Carter Carver just turned four like so did you have an mm -hmm. like an easy birth like was his birth easy or yeah that's wow you're lucky <laughs> yeah I yeah I uh well really easy actually I had um I had a spontaneous vaginal delivery at 40 plus a day oh, that's and exactly I, he was precipitous I had him in less than four hours awesome. from very start to finish I was making my girlfriend like fancy coffee and scones and I had a baby <laughs> before she got back to Hudson's Hope <laughs> <laughs> which is a five-hour drive <laughs> oh my gosh Ron is just yeah. laughing over here and <laughs> so did you do any prenatal screening I did yeah um and I know sometimes people are concerned about asking if you did any prenatal screening yeah. because for them sometimes it it leads to some preconceived notions of why you would do it um, so we did do uh, a form of prenatal screening. It's called Panorama. It's mm -hmm. a private test. I think we paid a thousand dollars for it. Um, but when you're in the IVF world, a thousand dollars is nothing. nothing. Like yeah. that's like one shot of something. Yes, really. I know. So we're like, eh, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah. Give us some extra information. We didn't do any embryo testing. Um, mm -hmm. the clinic we went to actually doesn't really push that, mm -hmm. um, because there can be a lot of loss of embryos. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did do the panorama and we did it mainly because the clinic we went to, they do a seminar that you have to see that you have to go to before you start the process. So you and your support member, whoever mm -hmm. that person may be, your spouse, your mom, whomever, you actually have to do an information session, which is about four hours. And then you have to meet with a counselor. Oh, really? And, um, you know, we were kind of talking about things like what would be certain deal breakers and this or that or the other thing. And, you know, we were like, well, there's some pretty scary things we've seen on, you know, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was terrible because it was really those really dramatic cases, mm -hmm. you know, like a deletion or, I mean, you know what they are, right? Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't Down syndrome for me. Like I said, I grew, well, I didn't say this on this, but when we've talked earlier, I grew up in a very small town, a thousand people, and I went to elementary school with three other little boys that had Down syndrome. So for me, it wasn't a scary, unknown thing. So mm -hmm. we actually weren't 
looking for it, which is good because a panorama test, because it's a maternal blood test, mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't have caught it. Like Carver saturation was 15%. So ours came back at like one in a thousand or something like that, mm -hmm. which is less than an average risk. Yeah. Risk or chance, whichever, I mean, term, words matter. Some people don't like the word risk, but mm -hmm. that's, that's what it came back as. So yeah, we did, but it was because we watched too much TV. <laughs> And we didn't find out the gender. <laughs> I wanted a surprise. <laughs> yes, I same here. I didn't want to know. I, I I feel there's not that many real surprises in life. So I had one friend who, who knew, and she she kept it as a guarded secret. So mm. so for me personally, like I had a positive quad screen, which you know is notoriously known for being notoriously inaccurate. <clears throat> but then I had an amnio to confirm. Ainsley actually had trisomy twenty one. But would an amnio detect mosaic Down syndrome? Like you said, the panoramic or the NIPT NIPT did not because one, his saturation is quite low. Mm -hmm. So would they have been able to tell if you did have an amnio or is it just a blood test like after the child is born that would confirm it? Or do you know? So I don't know with a certainty. Um, in our Mosaic Down Syndrome group that I'm a part of in um, on Facebook, it's an mm -hmm. international group, many people have had confirmed um, amnios, but it doesn't seem to be quite, it doesn't seem to be common. Okay. And, it, and it'll just report Down Syndrome. It does not report Mosaic Down Syndrome. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I wondered about and that. And I imagine it would depend on the saturation. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, that's what I thought Because 15 is low, like 15% yeah. is very low. Yeah, that is very low. I'm sure there's people walking around with no knowledge that they have mosaic Down syndrome and their oh, saturation yeah, is probably, yeah. We I, hear that all the time and it's really just becoming with the access of testing and, and things like that and different measurements and monitoring of milestones mm -hmm. that they do now that I think more people are getting diagnosed with it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's so interesting so on previous episodes we've talked about the different types of down syndrome like translocation and oh. obviously non-disjunction which is what Ainsley has which is the most common form but do you know approximately how common mosaic down syndrome is it's rare. Mm -hmm. It's very rare. Um, so it actually, um, based on most of the readings that I've done, it represents 2% of the Down syndrome population. Whereas like say a redheaded blue eyed person would be 2% of the overall population, mm -hmm. um, which is what I am. <laughs> which is the only reason why I know that statistic. <laughs> um, but so it's even, it's, it's that it's that rare. Wow. Is it, you know, one in 700 children are born with Down syndrome and only 2% of that one in 700 would have mosaic down syndrome. Wow. Yeah. So very quite rare. Yes, you're right. Wow. Yeah. So although you're okay, so maybe we should talk a little bit about, uh, cause you said you had your prenatal testing and it came back negative. So yeah. when did you find out that Carver oh. actually had down syndrome or mosaic down syndrome? <clears throat> So this is where our story gets gets wild and shocking, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so Carver was actually not very sickly at mm -hmm. all. Um, he was a quite a robust little guy. He had feeding issues from mm -hmm. a young age. 
Um, he took a very long time to eat, um, but he was quite healthy. He was in daycare, um, and he got his first pretty nasty um, sinus cold. So he was really congested, and he sounded like a pug. He almost sounded like a pug all the time anyways, which is a horrible <laughs> way to describe your child, but he was very loud when he was relaxed. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was concerned that he was sounding so loud that I, like, I had a humidifier on, you know, I had some essential oils going and whatever. And I called 811 and I was like, he just sounds really sad. And like, what, what should I do? And it was a weekend. I think it was a Saturday or Sunday, Sunday, I think. And, um, they're just like, just take him to the walk-in clinic. Like he's still in a bucket seat, keep a blanket over him, go in there. Like you're a new mom, like get some peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, we'll do that. So we packed him up and we went to the walk-in clinic <clears throat> and, um, you know, we're there and we take him out and the doctor goes, Oh, what, what are you guys here for? Well, you know, he's really quite sick. And the doctor very cavalierly says, well, you know, children with Down syndrome too tend to get sick more often. And we were like, what? Like the look my husband and I gave each other was so obviously like, I don't, I don't understand why you're saying that. And then he was like, uh, he has Down syndrome, doesn't he? And my husband and I were not as far as we know. Oh my god! And gosh. he was just like, oh. And then there was like a backpedal and a like, well, you know, some people just kind of have like that look and genetics and whatever. And my husband was just like, oh my gosh. But I'm, I don't even understand. And then. We, we left there, you know, sort of talking ourselves that like, this can't be possible. He was 11. It was November. He was 11 months, 10 oh, months old. Wow. <clears throat> We're like, how can you, your child have Down syndrome and you not know, know about it. it? But there was something that nagged at me because I did grow up with those three young boys. I saw those looks. Like I remember taking tons of photos and of being like, oh, wow. Like you totally look like you have Down syndrome there in that photo. And you know, that, that yeah. sort of thing. And just you know as a mom you take millions of them so I didn't mm -hmm. see them often but I would see them every once in a while say if he was really tired or those kinds of things right because I find as he is tired even now you can see it more easily you mm -hmm. don't necessarily meet Carver and see it like you, right. not, a lot of people are surprised that he has Down syndrome actually right um so that's how we found out um he actually was quite dehydrated so um I wanted to get genetic testing done I went and saw our regular GP and he's just like, no, I don't think it's a concern. You know, Wow. if you want to do the blood work for your peace of mind, like, you know, it's not fun with a kid. And, you know, so we went, we tried to get blood work done. We couldn't because they, they couldn't get a vein. Oh, um, we've now come to learn he's just a hard poke. Yeah. Um, which is the term that they give you. <laughs> um, and so we went back again and there was this whole thing. And I said, you're taking me up to Pete. Like, I want to get this done and I want to get it done sooner rather than later. So we had the draw done and we were told it would take six weeks to get the results back because it was a karyotype test, which is like a full blood screen. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was just antsy one day and I called the office and I was like, hey, you know, like, I feel like, like in my gut, I feel like there's something going on. We're leaving for Mexico. I just want to know, right? So this is heading into, I think it was the first week of December that I called. And this is the and pediatrician, she, like who initially. This is the pediatrician that we got referred to that would kind of like from now on sort of like follow, I guess. I don't know if that's common or not. I never mm -hmm. asked the GP, mainly because we stopped seeing that GP because oh, we learned right. other things okay. down the road. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so different doctor. I never really doctor. understood okay. why. Yeah. 
our GP wasn't going to deliver those results, but I knew we were going to go see this pediatrician. So I called the pediatrician and in Prince George getting in to see a pediatrician, I've come to learn is like an 18 month wait sometimes, which oh is gosh. shocking because you're yeah. almost out of a baby phase at that point. Yeah. Um, and so they got us in and I was, it was a residence and you just know, right. Mm-hmm. Cause they don't have a poker face yet, a resident. <laughs> and I was like, you have my test results, don't you? And he said, yes, I do. And I was like, my son has down syndrome, doesn't he? And he's just like, yes, he does. And I was like, I should probably call my husband who shockingly was like, it was a curb season in December and uh, they were getting ready for heli skiing. He was in town. So I was like, I, you need to come down here. And he was like, what's going on? And I was like, it's fine. Everything's fine. You just need to come down here. Um, and so he came down and, um, you know, the resident listened and, you know, kind of had like a weird look on his face. He's like, well, I'm having a hard time hearing anything. And the pediatrician then came in when my husband arrived, which was everything in Prince George is like 10 minutes. So he was there in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the pediatrician who is a, is the chief of pediatrics actually in Prince George, um, put his stethoscope on Carver's chest and oh. like his face changed. And we were like, what's going on? And he's just like, well, you know, it's, it's common with children with Down syndrome that they do have a heart defect. And he's just like, and Carver's not been properly screened. So I would like you guys to go downstairs and get a chest X-ray and an ECG and bring me back the results of the ECG. So at this point, we really didn't... did you, so they've just told you he has Down syndrome. Did you like even know that it was mosaic Down syndrome at this point or... So they did. They, he said, you know, he has a rare form of Down syndrome called mosaic Down syndrome. Um, and we are like, what is that? that mean, and yeah. they're like, well, it's super rare. And it basically means just not all of his cells have what it takes to give you Down syndrome. Essentially, like they really dumbed it down for us because we were like, we had just been blindsided. Well, of course. And yeah. then he pursued it immediately with this cardiac of course concern yeah it was like we find out this and then for some reason they're concerned about his his heart and we didn't really you know i my husband went back to work he brought the ecg back up the ticket that the pediatrician wanted in the hospital sorry i'm kind of moving ahead but my husband divulged that the pediatrician came out of his office and took the results out of my husband's hand Wow. And then said, I'll call you tonight. So the pediatrician called us that night and um, he said, Children's is going to call you in the morning. BC Children's is going to call you in the morning. They're going to want to see you. And we were just like, oh, man, like that's what healthcare looks like in Vancouver. <laughs> that's wow. not how things go here. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they called us and they said they wanted to just do a, a thorough screening and stuff like that. And we they kept mentioning it was because we were leaving the country because we were leaving to go to Hawaii in January for his first birthday. Um, and so, which was in six weeks, mm-hmm. less than six weeks. I think we were leaving in like five weeks from then or something like that. And so we found out on the eighth, we found out on the eighth of December that he had, mosaic that he had down, syndrome. down syndrome and that something was going on with his heart. And the ninth children's called us and said they wanted, to, that was a Friday. They wanted to see us on Monday. So during, while you were pregnant though, you did, did you have any scans? Like, did they do any scans of his heart? <laughs> yes. 
Um, we did. So mo- most people, I'm sure many people that listen to this are obviously moms, <laughs> sure. yeah. um, or parents at least. And, uh, so we did do the anatomy scan. We actually did extras as lots of people with IVF do do extra ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. So you do a viability and a 12 week and a 20 yeah. week and whatever. And we were told that the baby was being too active during his anatomy scan to get all the views they wanted of his heart and that we needed to go back. So I remember we went to, to Earl's. And I was like, oh, I just like, I want to be wor- like, I feel like I'm, I'm worried about this. And my husband's just like, ah, he just moves, you know, he likes to dance. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know, but or they like to dance. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know. But like, that seemed weird. Like we were in there for a long time and whatever. And so they booked it for five days later or something. Mm-hmm. So we went back five days later and the results came back fine. Just like some fluid on the kidneys. We would follow up um, post-delivery. So did you ever actually have an echocardiogram or is it, was it just more of a, a scan, I guess, or ultrasound? Just a regular anatomy scan. Okay. Wow. So you go, so what happened after you, like, so the day you find out that he, that Carver has mosaic down syndrome, you also find out he has some kind of heart issue. Did you find out that day or was it the next day when children's called you? We actually didn't find out till Monday morning when we were in Vancouver. So we went there and they said, so your son actually has a very serious heart condition. Um, it's called a um, complete atrial ventricular septal defect. So the, the heart is composed of four chambers. You have two, the two upper chambers or atriums, so your two bottom chambers that kind of do your major pushing either to your lung or to the rest of your body or your ventricles. The septum is the wall that runs through the center of the heart. So Mm -hmm. runs between the ventricles and between your atriums. Mm -hmm. So a complete atrial ventricular septal defect in Carver's case meant he had no center wall. Oh. At all. So what was happening then if he doesn't have that? So Carver's heart was working like a top load washing machine. Okay. Wow. Essentially, he had one common valve and it just swirled. Wow. So he had oxygenated and deoxygenated blood circulating throughout his system all the time. Uh, a heart defect like that mm-hmm. would be done no later than three months addressed to repair and yeah. create the cross in the heart, create the walls, the chambers. Because mm-hmm. he didn't have chambers to his heart, oh my essentially. Gosh. Yeah, okay. And, um, so that would be done no later than three months because it becomes very burdensome on your lungs, obviously, and oh, on your okay. heart because your heart is not meant to operate like a washing machine. Yeah. That's not how it's designed. Um, and somehow it was missed Wow! by every doctor, Specialist. midwife. We were actually going to the CDC as well, the Child Development Center for paleocephaly. So he had what, been seeing for what? Sorry, paleocephaly is like a flat spot. Oh in the back right, of your okay. Head. Mm-hmm. He was engaged for a long time, and so he had basically an indentation of my pelvis in the back of his head. Poor guy. <laughs> um, so we were going to the CDC for that, and nobody ever commented on anything. He, I, I'm very fair, as I mentioned. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a redhead, I'm, and uh, we would take him to the pool, and he would go blue. And I, I go blue though, cause I'm fair yeah. and we just didn't think Anything a lot of it. Of, of it. 
Well, and because he was your first child, so you don't really have anything to compare to either. Yeah, I also didn't clue to the fact that it should not take 40 minutes for a child to drink a bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ainsley was a very slow eater too, which as you Mm -hmm. know, I'm sure now, which is very common in our kiddos because it's their tone and and stuff. So just to backtrack a little bit, so you found out, was it on a Saturday that you found out he had mosaic down syndrome and then monday you're... Uh, we found out on a thursday and then monday you're down in vancouver at children's. vancouver we actually i don't know if you remember the storm that happened in 2017 that closed the fraser canyon mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. vancouver got an absolute incredible amount of snow yes yes i do <laughs> or it was in december 2016 sorry yeah. and it mm-hmm. closed the fraser canyon it closed 45 minutes after we drove through it oh my gosh like we were going through hell's gate where there's like cars all over the place it was ridiculous like thank goodness we're we are from the north and driving in those conditions was not a big deal for my husband but they closed it afterwards like i remember driving towards abbotsford being the only car on the highway crazy it was insane yes i bet. so yes um so we drove through that and then landed in vancouver and we went to this con we assumed it was a consult to give us like the red like the you know the, the green, green light, light to go yeah yeah we're just like oh they're just man these guys are awesome they're checking their boxes we're gonna be totally fine like we weren't concerned and the pediatrician like in prince george obviously saw the results but never said anything to you is that correct correct yeah. Wow. And just to backtrack just a little bit. So you've, you've now, holy cow, your whole world is turned upside down. Did you ever talk to anyone who had been involved in yours or Carver's care prior to that? Like you, you said previously that you'd had a midwife, like I when yeah. we talked previously, or yeah. any of the doctors, anything like that? Like, because how, how did it, how did he get missed? So I called the midwife because I had a rapport. You often have quite a Mm -hmm. rapport with your midwife. And she encouraged me to make Carver a painting um, that said, you are enough. And she talked to me a lot. I'm quite type A, which probably comes across in how I'm doing this interview, I'm (laughs) sure. Um, But she's like, you know, you really have to be cautious of your concern with perfectionism. She's like, your son needs to know that perfection isn't what makes you lovable. Is, and this was before and the diagnosis? This was before. Okay. And so she told me these things as I as she was doing my postpartum care. And we talked a lot. But they do. And I was a new first-time mom. And my husband was gone a lot. And we talked a lot about mental health and, mm-hmm. you know, being okay with not having everything run perfectly. I just thought it was that general spiel that you yeah. give to a mom. Like, hey, listen, your days are going to be messy. There's going to be puke and, and things and you're going to plan to leave the house and then you're not going to actually leave the house for three days and nor shower <laughs> and those sorts of things. And that's what I thought she was telling me because I was reading those things on Facebook. I'm like, ah, this is fine. <laughs> the post, the, the thing that I canvassed that I made him is now hanging in his room. But now I get it because when I called her, she's just like, so I knew Carver had Down syndrome. <gasps> but she's not allowed and to I say. And I talked to the pediatrician. I talked to the OB on call. I talked to the lactation consultant that you went to go see. I actually made my own lactation consultant appointment. And she talked to the lactation consultant and said, I want you to look for this. And the lactation consultant didn't agree. And this was like Carver was four weeks old at that point. Mm -hmm. 
um, and didn't agree. So nobody was agreeing with her. And there was a lot of politics going on in Prince George at the time, which I knew about because mm -hmm. of, I'm in healthcare myself, where there just was not a lot of confidence in midwifery and mm -hmm. certain things were going on politically, I guess. Um, but yeah, so nobody agreed and she never told me and nobody else told me either. Would she she said she did do a thorough listen, mm -hmm. like listen to his heart very well. And she was very sad to hear that we were on our way down to children's and she wanted to be kept updated. And I did continue to update her. Mm -hmm. um, she's just like, I, ne I never heard anything. She's like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to find when you're there. So would she have been permitted to tell you that she suspected he had Down syndrome or no? Or do you know? Yes. Yes. She, she said it's one of the, one of the things in her, her career that is a regret. She's like, I never should have left you. She's like, if you were somebody other than you, I would have said something. And I was like, but what well, that's that not really like an easy, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And she's just like, you would have found out when you needed to find out. She's like, I felt confident in his cardiac function. And <gasps> so did everybody else because she, when she released me to my GP, she said, I suspect this child has down syndrome properly vet and check for soft markers i've since gotten his records and they are consistent with that <gasps> and he still said no 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 because no and carver has like a thick and nuchal fold he's short he was like 17 and three quarter inches like bowling ball classic tries me 21 baby yeah um sandal toe low tone he diagnosed my son with reflux he'd never puked in his life that's incredible. Like other, I, at the time that we had seen him, he'd literally never puked up. He's like, well, there's a thing called silent reflux. And I was like, but he's not fussy. Like I've Googled that. Like he just, it just pours out of his mouth and I was pumping. So yeah. it was like liquid gold was like streaming yeah. out of him. And I was like dealing with same anxiety about that. And he's just like, no, he has reflux. Wow. And still that's insane. Like, yeah. And that... Carver fell backwards at... I think he fell backwards. I think he was seven months old and he fell backwards and he dented the back of his head. Oh, jeez! And I Poor was God. like, oh my gosh. Like he had like moved just enough that he didn't have, because at that point in time, he was still requiring like a, a Fort Knox cushioning system mm -hmm. around him because he would fall over. Like, yeah. if, and that's very common. Most of my friend's kids were crawling yeah. and he was still like falling over while sitting, but I didn't really think anything of it. I just right. thought I'd had this beautiful dream baby that like never kicked up a fuss about anything ever. I know. But he went in again at that point in time and he's just like, no, he's fine. And I was like, oh, he's still like really loosey goosey kind of thing. Like he, and he's just like, oh, some babies are lazy. Wow. I was like, okay. Wow. Like I, that really leaves me speechless <laughs> because even knowing that this, these suspicions had been brought to his attention yes. and still, and then you're coming to him, that is really, I don't know, scary. Shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. We yeah. never actually spoke to him after I requested the genetic testing. Wow. It sounds so similar to uh, the Jenna episode where we talked about translocation because her lactation consultant actually knew, but wasn't permitted to tell her. So, and she was so happy when Jenna finally told her, I know why he can't breastfeed very well as he has Down syndrome. And the, the woman was so, oh, thank God you finally know. And, and I think she had a sister or something that had had Down syndrome. So again, she, mm. you know, had been aware of like what to look for, but like that's so scary. And the same thing, 
the doctor, very similar to the pediatrician, said, we got to get the heart checked right away. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I'm, but he's four now. So obviously he's doing well. Yeah. That's really awesome to hear. But how scary is that? Like to find out, like your whole world is just suddenly turned upside down. Like literally, you're planning to go away and... And now you got to deal with all these new things that you found out about your first child. And I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. So when you have a complete AVSD and they tell you this needed to be operated on before he was three months old, that means that the next day they put you in pre-op and the following day they put you in open heart surgery. So. <laughs> so we went there on a Monday and they did open heart surgery on a Wednesday. So that's less than a week after. Finding out we knew anything <gasps> oh and this gosh. is a baby that it's not and I'm not and I'm not saying that you don't like wake up and you see your baby and you love them like that like we knew him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like he was more than just our hopes and and dreams he was like uh, the the living breath of that like we yeah. had had him and loved him for exactly who he was in his complete perfection for 11 months not knowing yeah. that something so sinister was happening like you feel like you have no radar at all like you have no business being a parent like it's literally the day felt like being in a car crash oh I can I can't even imagine it was and they, they kept saying to us like man you guys are handling this really well we're like well what are we supposed to, to do, do? Yeah. Like if I fall apart, he's 11 months old. Like he understands that. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't do that to, to somebody. You can't, they can't be broken all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Mom doesn't get like, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was, a, it was an absolutely otherworldly experience in the worst possible way. Yes. I can only imagine like, it's crazy. Like I'm just thinking about it going, in six days how your whole life just turned upside down and wow it's it's crazy yeah. so you know I know when we talked talked previously to today you you said um some people think that having a child with mosaic down syndrome is easier that they don't necessarily face the same health issues <laughs> I mean, we just talked about his, his heart issues, but in your experience, would you say this is a bit of a misnomer or a myth? Yeah. Um, I mean, most people don't know that there's different types of down syndrome. Exactly. For starters. Yeah. It's really the people within the down syndrome mm -hmm. world that, that I think have that impression. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, if you Google it, it says that there's moderately higher IQs and things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, now we all know that an IQ test is relatively useless. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, it's no indication of who you will be as a person exactly. at all. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of different types of intelligence that are not captured on that. Um, yeah, I, and I do find that he, he doesn't really fit with his typical peers mm -hmm. and he doesn't fit with his down syndrome peers. Mm -hmm. Um, he sits on this fence and yeah. I find that his successes don't really get celebrated in our down syndrome community mm -hmm. in the same, ex in the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, because he is incredible. Like he's had two open heart surgeries now. Two. So wow. he had the first, um, you know, in December, 2016, um, it did not go well. We had a horrible post-operative situation. It was, it was dreadful. We were supposed to be home for Christmas. We weren't, um, 
and uh, we were there for New Year's, and then we made it home the day before he turned one, which was great. Yeah. Um, but they had to leave it um, not good. So we, we knew that another one was going to be coming. So we got the news when I, we went to Nova Scotia and went to meet my family. That, and that was blindsiding, too, because we thought, I thought we had years. Oh, like, they're like, oh, okay. we want to wait till he's big. Your, your baby's not big when they're three. Yeah. Them telling you that they want to go back in there two years later is not, that's not when they're. So anyway, so he went again um, in August um, to have his second, his second surgery. So yeah, I would say since my son has had two open heart surgeries mm-hmm. that it's, it's not less. It's not like he's a card carrying member of whatever group he wants to be a part of. And it's not easier. The zipper club. He's incredibly <laughs> hard working. That's... And so are we parents of people with special needs mm-hmm. we're just normal people we just work hard yeah yeah I can totally I can totally relate to that so how old was he then when he had the second open heart surgery it was this August he was oh, three so he was three and so like what happened during the first open heart that they couldn't was it because he was so much older than they normally would do it or like what mm-hmm. happened yeah, he had a pretty, so the weird thing about mosaic Down syndrome is that, so Carver has basically the heart defect that's associated with Down syndrome. They see a complete AVSD, they search for Down syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. Like if they see that in utero, they're like, we're almost 99% sure this person has has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. If they see it. <laughs> if they see it. Yeah. Um, so because Carver was left so long, he had really advanced pulmonary hypertension. Mm-hmm. he uh his tissue his heart tissue is weird because he has the defect but his cardiac tissue is typical mm, okay interesting so car lots of people one of the ways i describe it is have you ever noticed how people with down syndrome often sit cross-legged yeah it's because they're more nimble right they yeah. have more elasticity and pliability mm-hmm. um that's an insurance policy with this heart defect Carver didn't get that insurance policy. Okay. So he developed really dense, thick cardiomegaly, which is an enlarging of the heart. So when they went in to build the build the the flaps and the walls and things like that, they couldn't gather heart tissue together, like okay. kind of like the like the draw like the top of a pouch. Yeah. They couldn't do that because his was so it was like trying to knit together concrete right um like it would be for for you or i exactly Um, yeah so they were really surprised when they went into the surgery they thought the surgery would be four hours it was just over six oh my gosh they took them off bypass had to put them because it was like a garden hose went off and they had to put him back on Mm. they they closed him with a severe uh, mitral regurgitation which is the left valve which pushes systemically so to your whole body they left him with a like a severe back flooding so it basically Jeez. blood would go up and regurgitate back oh my gosh um into the ventricle so but they it was it was what they could it was all they could do mm-hmm. and then um he got sick after because the... obviously yeah it was december he may have gone in with a virus mm-hmm. it because it happened so fast yeah. right we were there monday they pre-opt him normally they pre-op a few days before just to make sure everything is fine and you've been in a bubble for yeah. a few weeks typically um and so he didn't get that that grace the first time around and so he developed human metanumovirus which is basically like pneumonia on steroids in a compromised child yeah so we were on like droplet precaution we were in the PICU the pediatric intensive care units um on and off oxygen for weeks we were there for 21 days and normally a kid especially with down syndrome has the surgery they wake up 
they're becoming very close to what they were before. Um, you know, within hours, mm -hmm. they overnight, they get released. You learn how to learn how to do wound care, and you leave the next day. Like it's literally like three days in the hospital, yes, typically. That. Yep. And that's what we were sold. Mm -hmm. um, that did not happen, and it was god awful. He sustained kidney trauma, so he has he had kidney damage. He we had all these specialists and nobody understanding what was going on. And part of it's because he had mosaic down syndrome mm -hmm. um, that they kind of chart a course like he has down syndrome. Yeah. But then he throws these red herrings where some systems respond like he has down syndrome. So he has microtubules, but he doesn't have the stretch that, uh, that kids will get. Right. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't respond as well to oxygen. He had a harder time with the medications. Normally the medications are allowed to be a bit lower, mm -hmm. I guess, but he was like writhing in pain and was oh. rigid and, had a horrible fever that took them a week to manage. Wow. And they couldn't figure out why it was happening. They didn't know if it was post-operatively and he was tachycardic and they couldn't figure out his rhythms. Like we had Dr. Sanitani there who's mm -hmm. an amazing thing, surgeon at children. Yes. I've, we've had <laughs> and, him. Uh, he's, Dr. Campbell. He's awesome. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, very no nonsense. And, yeah. Um, pretty good artist actually he drew us a really cool picture of the heart and told us why we were leaving with eight medications all needing to be given at different times so we had we were waking up to do medications every two hours four hours six hours eight hours and ones that couldn't be given at the same time and oh my all sorts of craziness and that's what we got released with oh, you know a month after the surgery mm -hmm. whereas the second surgery we went into a bubble for four weeks his surgery got pushed so we were in a bubble for six weeks we didn't see anyone do anything Mm -hmm. and he had the surgery to fix his micro regurgitation or mitral regurgitation. And he was swinging at the park four days later. So that's how it should have been the first time. That's around. how it, that's how it was sold to you goes. initially. Yeah. That's how you, and that's how it usually goes. And he's doing well now though, right? He's doing amazing. Yeah. It literally, you know, I don't know for us, we kind of wonder, we're like, Oh, is this like, you know, but it has made leaps and his speech has taken off it's oh, incredible awesome. things that have changed after this surgery oh really because I was going to ask like when you have the heart defect because he didn't have his repaired until he was 11 months mm -hmm. how did it affect him or do you know like was he like you said he turned blue in the pool like what does I don't know because Ainsley her she has her heart is fine but mm -hmm. um how, how does it affect when you have the complete AVSD? How does it affect our kiddos? Well, I honestly don't know anybody else that went that long without having it repaired. Right. <laughs> I haven't met anybody on any congenital heart site with Down syndrome with that. I actually know somebody personally who had the same defect and was four. Wow. And he went incredibly cyanotic in the pool. And the um, lifeguard told his mom to take him to the ER. Um, and I know him really well. Um, he, um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Okay. He, um, they play this interest. The cardiac team always wants everything to be about the heart. Mm -hmm. And then the physical team wants it to be about him having down syndrome. So we don't know. Um, he didn't walk till he was 23 months. Okay. Um, he, can two foot jump now, which That's is a awesome. huge thing, mm -hmm. but it was on like our learning outcomes for a really long time. Yeah. He never crawled. Um, going downstairs and things like that are still very, like there's still things that he does mm -hmm. that 
look very much like his Down syndrome peers for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, but he'll jump off something. But like he won't lean back like that closes off his airway. But okay. I've heard that's that's common. Yeah, because um, sometimes Ainsley will sleep kind of in an odd position with her chin up, like, and I think oh, yeah. it's to, it's just I go, oh, it looks. It doesn't look comfortable, terrible. right? Yeah, it looks terrible, no. but I, it's obviously just makes it easier for her to sleep that way. So, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get you. So, yeah. Cover no... sleeps with his head between his feet. Oh, yes. I've seen Still. that. <laughs> Still, wow. It's like, she yeah. sits like that occasionally. She doesn't sleep like that anymore. But I know we all yeah. think it's amazing when we see our kiddos do that because they just That's bend incredible. like pretzels. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. So, wow. It's Wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm so glad to hear that he is doing well and two yeah. foot jumping. That's that's awesome. It well, is. It is. It's huge. And yeah, yeah. and I know I, I understand how you're feeling about that you're kind of on the fence in the in the two worlds of typical mm-hmm. and the Down syndrome because I I mean Ainsley has a dual diagnosis of autism and Down syndrome. And I don't really feel that we don't fit in the Down syndrome world. I actually don't feel that we really feel fit in the autism world because I don't feel like a, a lot of her autism, if you want to call it that, is is really um, prevalent. I don't know, uh, for lack of a better word, right? Like she doesn't have a lot of the typical behaviors that people associate with de- with uh, autism. But yeah. I can sort of, I'm, but I'm starting to see the gaps are wider now in the Down syndrome mm-hmm. community with her and then her other Down syndrome peers. But I mean, that's an episode for another day, but yeah. And that's so- how I would describe it actually, is that I find that there's, there's, there's more gaps now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and yeah, I can, I can totally understand that, but you know, also it, it sort of makes me a little sad that, you know, cause you want to be in that community. Cause I think it's an amazing community to be in and, and, you know, yeah. from what I've seen, really supportive. I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone personally with mosaic down syndrome. So you're like an anomaly, right? Like you, <laughs> I mean, just probably from online, you probably know people, but in, you're in a small town. And so chances are even yeah. less, right? Well, and even when we were at children's, there were so many people that came to his bedside that are just like, I just want to see what a kid looks like with mosaic down syndrome. Like so many people there had never seen a child yeah. with mosaic down syndrome. Oh, yes, I can, I can believe that. And then you probably feel mm-hmm. a bit, you know, because I remember when we were at Children's too, because Ainsley had, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but she was having problems. Uh, I can't even remember why we're there. She had low oxygen saturation levels and they couldn't figure out why. But I remember we're at Children's and all oh, these specialists were coming in and they were had like, you know, all the residents and stuff. And I'm going, like, I'm sure we're not the only kid with Down syndrome, but at the times that's what it kind of felt like. So I can certainly appreciate Fishful. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I'm all about, you know, learning and, you know, educating because yes. that's what we have to do, especially in, in our community and, and stuff. So sometimes you just don't feel like advocating though, do you? <laughs> I know it's, it's hard work. It's hard work for sure. It yeah. Is. Yeah. But I really appreciate you coming on today and, and talking to Thank us you. about mosaic Down syndrome. It's was really compelling and so interesting and you know like I can't even imagine like the shock that you went through when you find out and how your whole world just turned upside down and you're you know you're having to travel I don't even know 800 kilometers down to Vancouver yeah (laughs) Yeah, every three months 
or less. Yeah, I can't. Oh, that's crazy. So the CRA loves to audit us. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and for those who are wondering what the CRA is, it's Canada Revenue Agency. Yeah. <laughs> the tax yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that he's doing well and mm-hmm. uh, that he's, you know, doing awesome. So that that's wonderful to hear. And I, I'm assuming no more heart surgeries. He's good. Um, most children that have had this type of a repair, um, they watch them very closely mm-hmm. during puberty. Oh, okay. There could be some changes. Um, then. Just if there's rapid growth, like Carver has gained seven pounds in three months. Oh, wow. A, like muscle. Oh, that's, oh. And height. He's a four-year-old with Down syndrome going into 5T clothing. That's great. It's incredible. Like they're, we're shocked. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It blows your mind. And I think that's the other thing is that he's really robust. Like he's a big kid for a child with Down syndrome. And Ainsley is too. She is, I think, half an inch shy of four feet. And yeah, like she, everyone. Some people max out at that. (laughs) I know. And I hope she doesn't. Because I know like people just comment all the time that she's tall, not realizing that in the Down syndrome community, she's a giant because yeah, yeah she's very tall for someone with Down syndrome. So, yeah. which is great. And our uh, endocrinologist predicts she'll be about five, four, which makes me really happy. I was just hoping mm-hmm. for five feet. So we'll see. We'll come back to that in a few years and see where she's at. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, they'll just watch, um, make sure that the patches hold and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Um, Gandhi did the second surgery, mm-hmm. and he said he had to clean up some ratty bits from the first. <laughs> that's exactly his quote from the first surgery. And um, so we're going to see how everything holds. And they watch us very closely. Like mm-hmm. the BC Children's Hospital in Vancouver has, is incredible, and they watch us super closely. We have an outreach clinic that comes to Prince George. So we don't always have to go to Vancouver, I oh, should good. say that. Yeah. Um, they do come up and see it. They come here every three months. Oh, wonderful. Um, and we get to see them. We just graduated to a six-month our next visit isn't for six months, which oh. is a big deal for us. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's so yeah. wonderful. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. to hear that. So. It's one of those things where we're like, we really love you, but we'd love to see you far less, guys, because yeah. those are really good signs for us. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story. It was really interesting and so compelling. And thank you for having this podcast. It's amazing. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed doing it. And it's, it's, it's awesome. So yeah. And I'm, I, I really feel privileged to share people's stories like yourself. So, you you know, to be a part of it and that's wonderful. Thank you. So Mary, as Christy talked about, it was, is it's a very interesting and intriguing world that mosaic down syndrome is, seems to occupy. Yeah, I think it's pretty fascinating and you know, I honestly believe there's lots of people walking around who have mosaic down syndrome and don't really know because you often don't have the typical physical characteristics of down syndrome. I mean, Carver, he did, but you know, it was unbeknownst to his parents that he even had down syndrome or, you know, in his case, mosaic down syndrome. And Christie's experience is in the in the area where she is it seems that there's uh, a lack of information and a lack of training in the medical professionals to to actually uh, to explain the diagnosis to people and so it seems as if they backed away from it 
Well, yes, because mosaic Down syndrome, it's not that common to begin with. Although, as Christy said, he did have some of the physical, typical physical characteristics of Down syndrome, but it was brushed off because of her uh, NIP test. But that's just a screening test and doctors should know that. And it's not a diagnostic test. And, you know, and I think it's very lucky for Christy and Carver that they caught it when they did, you know, as she talked about, I think it was after our conversation about that they were going away and it probably could have had really dire consequences if, if it wasn't caught because of his heart uh, defect. So I'm so grateful that that, you know, that's under control now. And, you know, it was a bit of a rough ride for them, but you know, he's doing awesome now. And thank goodness they were able to get him into children's to, you know, mm-hmm. address his heart issue. Yes, for sure. And I mean, I don't think they would even be equipped up there to to deal with that there. You know, I think all children in our province would be directed to children. So wonderful work that those people. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. We've been there a few times. So yeah, I can say that for sure. Uh, so what about our next show? I understand it's a bit of a unique circumstance. Well, on our next episode, we are going to talk to my friend Sharon, you know, and I've mentioned her a few times on previous episodes. And I thought we would just talk about, you know, how it's kind of a unique friendship when you have a child with Down syndrome and how you find each other and, and just sort of what that's like. And it will be a long distance phone call. Yes, because she's in Britain. So, so we'll be battling time zones. And across an ocean. And the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Why don't you take us out of this one? Thanks for listening to the T21 Mum podcast. And I would love to hear from you. What things are important to you as you navigate this journey of Down syndrome and special needs? How are you doing things your way? Drop us a line at our email at info at t21mum.com and let us know what's going on in your life. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. See you, Ron.